please, if you would, sir, do do the intro and explain to the, to the audience why you have perpetrated this crime against humanity. <laughs> Upon you and your home. Upon me and my my life. Thank you. Welcome back to another installment of The Daily Screening Asks, Does It Hold Up? Spoiler alert, no. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Joining me, as always, is my partner in showtune crimes, Bartholomew Devin. Hello, Bart. Hey. (laughs) And my name, as always, is, of course, Daily. Uh, We... Did you forget for a moment there? No, no, I just did it out of order. I gave you I gave you the the number one slot there. I'll take it. I gave you I'll I gave you top it. billing. I'll take week. top I'll take top billing because it sure didn't go to Andy McDowell. <laughs> uh, guys, we are talking about <laughs> Hudson Hawk this week. Uh, Hudson Hawk is uh well, it's a movie. It's bad. <laughs> it's, it's a bad. It's a movie. It's a it's a lowercase b bad movie. It's not a capital B bad movie. Capital B bad movies are like so bad they're fun to watch. This is just a bad movie. Wait, are you saying you didn't have any fun watching this movie? Because I had a lot of fun watching this movie. <laughs> I, I I didn't have as much fun as I wanted to, and I think what really? it was okay. the fact. See, that's what I was curious I, about. I think it's because I could not shake the feeling that he did this after die hard he did it after the first two die hards yeah because this is 1991 and uh, die hard is die hard 2 is 90 it's uh oof. hudson hawk is a movie in which uh bruce willis stars as uh eddie hawkins although no one well his name is eddie hawkins they call him the hudson hawk uh it is a very convoluted explanation as to where his nickname came from um but uh basically uh he's a cat burglar he's the world's greatest cat burglar um and at the beginning of the movie he gets out of prison um and he gets uh hired to do a job uh to steal to steal a statue and uh he and his best friend danny aiello uh get embroiled in an international web of intrigue uh, and conspiracy involving uh, the CIA, the Vatican, uh, an eccentric billionaire, and uh, a machine built by Leonardo da Vinci uh, to turn lead into gold. Who, by the way, had some dope-ass sunglasses in, like, 1500. <laughs> dope-ass sunglasses! Well, let's start right at the beginning, because uh, this movie starts off, you know, in, like, the 1600s with uh, Leonardo da Vinci, and... Bart, how do you feel about sexy Leonardo da Vinci? Because there have been a lot of Leonardo da Vinci's in 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 our time on film. Um, but uh, have like, there who smoldering young Leonardo da Vinci? No, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. It's a bit much. I don't know. I can. What I can tell you is the man keeps a busy schedule because on the same day <laughs> in the 1400s, 1500s, the same day he let's see. He painted the Mona Lisa. He did his alchemy machine. He had one of his flying machines. 
Uh, yeah. What am I skipping? It was like, because he just like walked through a parade of his whole life's work in five minutes and he had some dope yes. ass sunglasses. Yes, those sunglasses were fucking rocking. <laughs> so many problems. Uh, the movie also starts off with like a literal a literal storybook and narration. Um, the the narrator is William Conrad, who did the narration for Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> so right off the top, there's a cartoon vibe going on here and i think that's the way you got to think about this movie i think you got to think of this movie as basically a live action cartoon okay okay that's a little better because like and it gives you like the movie kind of gives you those cues a couple of times like like when they at the very beginning or when in during the first heist uh, when they're on the roof and they, they throw the, the pool life preserver across the alley from building to building. Yeah. And like the life, the life preserver, like, like, you know, ring toss, like lands on the steam pipe. And when perfectly. it does, there's like a, yeah, perfectly. But there's literally, there's like a ding, like a bell ring sound effect as if you were playing ring toss at a county fair, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's a fair and that, point. that happens a bunch of times. Um, where there's like weird little sound cues or like visual cues where it's like it 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 feels like you're watching a cartoon with humans in it. It's it like that vibe I really love. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, everyone is so hopelessly over the top in this thing. Yes. Um, that I, yes, that, absolutely. that that's actually a that's a very interesting point. But there's still some problems. <laughs> oh no, there look, there are a lot of problems with this movie. There's I mean, you ha- you definitely you definitely have to embrace the silly at the beginning and i think style it back a bit part of why i wanted to do this movie um so you've never seen this before but i have seen this many times this is one of those movies that was just on tv a lot uh when we were younger um and i kind of liked liked this movie uh sort of from the very first time i saw it i don't i don't know what it is i think it's i think it's that crazy over the top like cartoonish silliness like vibe to it that it's just i just find it really fun you know like everything you just kind of like let it all wash over you and i think that's part of why this movie is sort of famously known as like a flop like a like a bruce willis like early bruce willis sort of flop um and i think part of the reason is that it was coming off of die hard and die hard 2 and I think people were going into this movie expecting it to be another Die Hard. They expecting it to be like a, like a straight action, like you know, R-rated, like sort of you know, straight up action movie, and um, and it's not that at all. It's it's more like screwball comedy, like globe trotting adventure movie, um, with a deeply deeply silly streak in it. Um, and like I, I, I sort of it's it's like what you always say, you like a movie that knows what it is, and I think this movie knows what it is. I think it's I think the marketing was probably very misleading. And I think it probably gave people some very bad expectations about it, which is kind of part of why I wanted to let you sort of go into it blind. I didn't really want to color your perception of it. Fair uh, enough. So I was kinda of curious to see what you thought about it in a vacuum, you know? In a vacuum okay. Ugh. I mean that all all of those points are fair to me. Um, it is a well, but uh, I mean, I too was probably misled by the trailer, which made it seem like it was going to be all right. Um, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, or even like I was expecting a slightly, like I wasn't expecting straight up up and down action. Um, 
I was not. Yeah. I was expecting kind of a fun heist movie. Um, like a like an Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven sort of situation, you know, like kind of silly but sure. ground but grounded enough in in a heist. Yeah, but um, grounded in reality. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is clever. Yeah, this is goofy. This is not goofy. This is absurd. One hundred percent. I mean, it's like way the, beyond the pale. I mean, look, let's let's like let's start at the foundation, which is Bruce Willis is a cat burglar. Bruce Willis and Danny Aiello are cat burglars, and their shtick is that they sing show tunes while they rob places. That that when they go like, oh, it's going to take us, you know, two minutes and ten seconds in order to, you know, break into the stairwell, get up to the office, on, you know, break into the safe and get out. They're like, okay, it's going to take two minutes and ten seconds. Well, what's a song that's two minutes and ten seconds? Oh, Swinging on a Star. Cool. So we'll sing Swinging on a Star while we perform a robbery so that we can like stay on time rather than just i don't know use a fucking stopwatch like, yeah <laughs> it's such an unnecessary boondoggle but it's, it's like it, but it's it's great it's it's great fun you know it's like the wet bandits but so mm-hmm. much dumber somehow like it's a how gimmick can you be for the, dumber? solely for the sake of a gimmick how can it be dumber than the wet bandits but it is somehow <laughs> I know all the words to swing it on a star because of this movie. <laughs> Would you rather be a fish? I actually like the the show tunes numbers. Like, and here's the thing, like, look, Bruce Willis does all the singing, as you may or may not recall. Bruce Willis put out an album around this time. I did not recall the, that, but that doesn't make uh, it it's better. It's called The Return of Bruno, and it sure is something. I mean, he's got an all right voice. I don't think I'd want to listen to yeah. him sing for very long, like out of context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, he's not—he's not terrible. He could carry a tune. It's fine, but it's like I—it it almost feels like this is a movie built to, like, guys, I've got an album coming soon. <laughs> Buy my album, guys. I mean, like in the same way that I know Robert Downey Jr. released an album. Yeah, I'm not buying that. No, don't do that. That's a bad idea. What publicist was like, yeah, do that. Poof, you're a puppeteer. <laughs> in fact, it goes deeper than that. Uh, with oh, this movie, no. this movie, I did a little a little poking around. This movie is based on a song. No. Yes. No. Yes, I swear to God. So, so here's the backstory. Bruce Willis, before he made it big, uh, he was a bartender. Okay. And he, uh, the place where he tended bar, there was a, a guy there who like played piano, you know, sang songs. Whatever. Yeah, sure. The guy. <laughs> Whose name is I shit you not, Bob Kraft. Oh, <laughs> he... <laughs> I noticed that he was the producer, and I was like, hmm. I also thought I was like, did the owner of the New England Patriots uh, have a short stint as a film producer in the nineties? That, that seems believable. It would be exactly um, one movie long. Bob Kraft was a musician, um, and he and Bruce Willis got to be good friends working at this bar, and Bob Kraft wrote this song called. Hudson Hawk and it is it plays over the end of the movie over the end credits and it is like a it's like Mac the Knife but it's like a song about a guy named Hudson Hawk and Bruce Willis was like oh I love that song oh it's so good like that that should that song should be a movie if if you know whenever when when I someday when I make it big we're gonna make that song into a movie and then shortly thereafter he like got his big break he like made it big and 
like as soon as he sort of had enough control to like start his own project he was like bob Kraft, we're making that hudson hawk movie and so that guy gets a writing credit he helped write this fucking movie (laughs) wow i mean like you know i mean good on bruce willis for being good you know good to his word but also you fucking idiot (laughs) like you 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 couldn't figure it out when you saw the script for this thing, it was like, nah, probably not. Dude, when he saw the script, when he wrote the script, Bruce Willis wrote this, co-wrote this movie, and in fact was like rewriting it on the set like day by day. You're which, kidding. I can't tell. Which shows a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you realize this is like two, three years shy of Pulp Fiction? Yeah. But Not Yeah, 93 is Pulp Fiction. 93, 94, that's Pulp 94, Fiction. 94, yeah. I think. It's like but... within spitting distance, yeah. Um, okay so let's 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 run through there are a lot of like i said there's a lot of movie pieces to this movie there are a lot of different uh uh groups of people like it's power play throughout this movie first we've got these low-level gangsters um they're like real like broad italian stereotype mobsters uh they're they're called the mario brothers yeah (laughs) caesar mario and anthony mario uh and one of those played by frank stallone Sure is, is great. He, sure is. Like, yeah, and at one point Bruce Willis even makes a joke about like instructions so easy your brother could understand them. Yeah. Uh, the internet seems to think that's a veiled swipe at Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I don't think it's that veiled, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I... We also have a group of uh, CIA assassins. The candy uh, bars. The the candy bars. They're all named after candy bars. Uh, there's Almond Joy and Butterfingers and Kit Kat. Um, and their leader is uh, James Coburn, who's fucking outstanding. Do you know what it's like to be called chlamydia for two years? <laughs> I rest my case. More importantly with the candy bars is Kit Kat. Kit Kat, who's David Caruso. Yeah. Uh, and who doesn't speak. He only just hands people little business cards with whatever he wants to say already printed on them. Yeah, speaking of car- being car- kind of cartoony. Yeah. I, like, also why, a master of disguise. Why is he in this movie? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Why are any of these name brand actors in this stupid movie? I mean, not like not, was this 91 you said? I feel like that's like the heyday of Andy McDowell. When was four yeah. wedding, when was four weddings and a funeral? It had to be uh, near right this. around the same time, yeah. And right she does this time. piece she, of shit like why? She actually stepped in late on this movie. It was originally somebody else, and uh, they had to bail out like within the first couple of days of shooting. And Andy McDowell like stepped in at the last minute. But I actually think she's great. I she, think she's one of the bright spots of this movie. She is, but she's also one of the really weird choices in this movie. She's asked to do a lot of really <laughs> insane shit, and she just she just jumps in with both feet. I mean, I, I, I'm struggling to think of another moment where I've seen an actress more committed to a bit than, I need to talk to the dolphins now. <laughs> That was amazing. I mean, that was stop. That was that was <laughs> just keeps going for so long. so long. I mean, okay, can we just talk about the Vatican Secret Service for a second? <laughs> the Vatican. Okay, there's my my like one of my single favorite moments of the whole movie is when she is like they're in the little train 
station yes and she sends hudson hawk on his way and then she turns to a crucifix and she like talks to the crucifix and it seems like she's praying at first like she's talking to god and then the crucifix lights up and talks back to her that was the, that <laughs> no in the train that was the second time that was the second one the first one was in her apartment she has one of those no no that comes yeah no but the, the apartment one comes later uh, after he steals the codex and it Starts talking to her in Italian, and Bruce Willis just looks at the crucifix and then turns to Andy McDowell and just says, Catholic girls are scary. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Catholic girls are intense. Um, but also, why did they make her a nun? Like, that is... I mean, ve- solely for the gag of they can't fuck, I guess. That is... They totally did, though. Like, at the end of this, <laughs> they were totally about to... She no, no, no. It's lines yeah. like, the Pope warned me never to trust the CIA. That's, yeah. I, I aspire to be able to deliver a line of dialogue as definitely written as that. So I was having a little debate with Jenna over dinner tonight about when you have good actors or like, okay, decent, fine actors, and the script is just fucking nonsense versus when you have a good script and bad yeah. actors. Oh, I'll take the first one over the second one anytime. Which I forget. Because good actors will find... It, uh, Good good actors will find interesting things to do with a bad script, you know, and they'll like, like they'll. I, I'd rather watch good actors with a bad script than bad actors with a good script. Because this is good actors with a bad script. Like this script is fucking. Yeah. Horrible. No. One hundred percent. It's horrible. Yeah, no. One hundred percent. Um. But I don't know. Like, if you have, like, 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 would you rather watch Hudson Hawk or see a shitty company do Macbeth? No, I'd rather watch Hudson Hawk. One hundred percent. At least you can drink during it. I because, guess. because, because, like watching bad actors tackle great material is actually more painful. Because, like, it it always feels a lot longer. That's that's um, true. That's true. You feel you feel <laughs> trapped by bad actors delivering good dialogue. Good actors delivering bad dialogue is like it's a car wreck. Like you can't look away. You know, you're outside the car wreck as opposed to inside the car wreck. This movie's very like quippy like it's it's a lot of people like throwing off clever one-liners they're not that clever though no no i know like that's what it wants to be you know and i think that most of those one-liners are like the thing that is aged the most poorly in this movie like there are so many like throwaway jokes that are like you just they just feel like cringy now like for example uh, right at the beginning of the movie when uh, he's uh, w- like leaving prison and his parole officer, the corrupt parole officer guy is walking with him and he says like, oh, you just got to do this one job for me and then you don't have to go to your community service. And Bruce Willis says, but I want to teach a handicap how to yodel. <laughs> yes. A handicap. Yes. Singular. Yeah. No. <laughs> Handicap no. as a noun. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not okay. We don't we don't we don't want that. There's also a line uh when he's during the swinging on a star, right at, at the beginning of the swinging on a star uh heist, when you see the the two security guards like sitting in the security office. Yeah. And one of them is flipping through a phone book. <laughs> And he says, oh. you know, there are 687 Wongs in this phone book. And the other one just goes, that's a lot of Wong numbers. No. And then the music goes, the music. That's the fucking like, thing. 
Yeah, no, that was the fucking thing that didn't age well. The Wong numbers thing was actually kind of funny. And then, like, but then they took yeah. it one no, step I like too that. far. It's it's like Parks and Rec when when John Raphael was rapping people's names. And it's like you got you got to stop it on the rhyme. Also, in the uh, vein of like one-liners that feel real icky now. And they come, there's two, and they come one right after another. Um, when he's, like, on his date with uh, uh, Andy McDowell, and they're back at her apartment, and he says, he kisses her, and he says, I don't know if I remember how to kiss girls. And then he kisses her, and then he pulls back, and he says, not that I ever kissed guys. Like, yeah, he just got out of prison. So it's like a, yeah. it's a big no homo, guys. But then, and then right after that, it cuts out to the candy bars, like watching them from a car outside. And Butterfinger just goes, do you want me to rape him? Is that what he <laughs> what? said? <laughs> yes. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I had to rewind it like three times because I was like, there's no way that's what he's saying. But that's what he's saying. He just goes, do you want me to rape him? What? Why? What? What? Why? No. No. Please don't. And then they give, give him his easy reader book. I know. And I'm just like, what are we even doing here? I feel bad for the CIA. When was the last time you felt bad for the CIA? Like, There's also uh, uh, the the butler, the, the Mayflower's butler. At the end, he fights the Mayflower's butler, and he puts on Native American war paint for no goddamn reason at all. Wait, what? Did I just totally miss that? Yeah, when he fights the butler at the very end, the butler, like, leaves, and then he comes back, and he's got, like, red war paint on his cheeks for no fucking reason. I think I, I, think I blotted that out <laughs> in my <Yeah>. brain. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, more importantly, though, did you did you blot out the Bruce Willis's one-liner when he finally kills the butler? Because <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorites. The butler or the dog? No, the butler. I don't. Rem- he kills the butler. The, so the butler's got the knives that shoot out of his yeah. wrists. Yes. That shoot out of his out of his sleeves. And oh yes, Bruce yes, so I remember falls, now. Yes, he falls and chops his head off. And yes. Bruce Willis just looks at him and goes, "I guess you won't be attending that hat convention this summer." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually I, I remember because I turned to Jen at that point and I said, "That was the best I could come up with for that." <laughs> it's- like it's so clunky and out of nowhere yeah, it's like not organic in any way no it's like if if it were a reference to something from before that might have worked but yeah that might as well be well that's not the way to get ahead in life like yeah exactly <laughs> can you talk about the dog thing for a minute with the balls we haven't talked about the mayflowers at all we should talk about the mayflower uh, the mayflowers like, but let's okay. start with bunny the dog because bunny okay. the dog is great sure what the fuck that's what i have to say about that dog <laughs> And also, what the fuck with when when he was chewing? I think on Bruce Willis's balls. Oh yeah, no, the dog's like on his nuts, and then they make the dog go away, and then he turns back to the Mayflower and he says, two more minutes. I was almost there." Yeah, that's right. I was like, "What? What the fuck?" And like so that, gross. those are the moments in this thing that I'm like, like that I can't. The yes, I get the cartoony thing, but also, what the fuck? Like that shit is. Just, Ugh. Why? Oh my god! Weird it's... choices abound. Oh my god! Uh, the Mayflowers are maybe my favorite thing in this whole fucking movie. Richard E. Grant is unhinged in this movie. He is—he's not yeah. chewing the scenery; he's devouring the scenery yes, and no. spitting it out. It's, it's very weird. It's insane. Yeah, no, he—he's really in rare form in this one. 
And I don't yeah. I don't know who who's the actress who plays his wife. Uh, Sandra Bernhardt. I was very frightened of her in a lot of different ways. At one point, she refers to Danny Aiello as a pasta slurping guinea. Uh, that's also not great. No, that's not great. Um, but she's also a villain, so it's like, eh, villains are allowed to be racist, I guess. I they're, mean, you know, kinda. <laughs> I mean, it's how you know they're villains because they're because they're racist. Oh, that's how. It's part not yeah. not the part where he just says, <laughs> "I'm the villain." He also says that if Leo, if Leonardo da Vinci were alive, he would be. Uh, eating microwave sushi naked in the back of a Rolls Royce with me. And my question is, what in the fuck is microwave sushi? I think it's regular sushi. Why would you microwave sushi? I think it's regular sushi that this piece of shit puts in the microwave just because he's a fucking lunatic. That is the biggest crime in this movie. (laughs) The idea of microwave sushi. No, man, I still think it's the dog thing. Also... Did he or did he not launch that dog out the window with, like, a rocket launcher? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, bunny ball ball, and the ball shoots him out the window. It's just too much. It's just too, too much. I, th- I feel like this movie struggled. Like, I know you said a minute ago that you appreciate that it knows what it is, but I feel like maybe it doesn't. Or it knows what it is, but it doesn't know how to be that. I think it's a little scatterbrained. Like, I think it's, like, it, it jumps back and forth in tone sometimes yes um yes like that that it's shit not, is, it doesn't feel unified you know no, like that that cartoon violence right there that silly rubber band stuff that's for like mm-hmm. five six year olds and then we're dropping f bombs yeah. every other word and like i just that got a blowjob from a dog like what what is the <laughs> who, who is the audience for this thing like what what are we going I have no for? idea like other than literally me, I don't know who the audience for this movie I, I is. I feel like the audience for this is like people who happened upon it in the discount bin at the Best Buy and then play a drinking game of it that is simply drink every time something fucking stupid happens. I think this movie came out in the wrong moment. Like I think there was nothing even remotely like this in tone in... 90 early 90s you know it was like there there was no like uh, tongue-in-cheek like silly it was like they wanted they wanted another diehard you know tongue-in-cheek um, silly i mean there were there were things from the era when did bill and ted come out we just watched bill and ted that was pretty tongue-in-cheek and silly yeah but not not in that like action vein though like that's like a that's like a straight-up comedy you know like the the action comedy i feel like is like even something even something like lethal weapon which is like you know, got plenty of humor in it, but it's like, it's an action movie with jokes. Whereas like, this is a comedy with action. Mm. And I don't think that there was a lot. I don't, I don't feel like there was a lot of that kind of thing what I'm uh, thi- in the early nineties. It was, what, it was leaned more on the action side, you know? What, and that's what, why I think why people were disappointed. What pops into my head is gremlins and Kurt Russell. Yeah. I mean, so I, yeah, this could probably be, it's almost in the vein of like a big trouble in little China. That's exactly kind of thing, But what... that also wasn't, that wasn't a big hit either, though. That was also kind of like, you know, underrated at the at the box office. It's better than this by a country mile. It's better than this. I mean, yes, it's better. It's a better movie than this. Okay, fine. Uh, for but sure. I think overall, it is a more cohesive script than this. Oh, one hundred percent. So I mean, like, yeah. the the moment that really got me in this movie, when when the movie broke, there was a there was a yeah. there was a precise moment where this movie absolutely broken half for me and i never recovered 
It was it was when they fell through the awning and into the next scene. Yeah, and then Bruce Willis lands in the chair in the apartment with the Mario which, brothers, right? Which just it comes out of absolutely nowhere, and it makes no sense at all. None. And after yeah, that, it's like after awkward that. thing to awkward thing that are all disconnected from each other. Um, one of the things I like about this movie is uh, the so the Mayflowers have this crazy plot. They're gonna they're gonna make all this gold, and then they're gonna they're gonna flood the gold market. Uh, so that gold, the price of gold is meaningless and like economies will crumble and governments will fall. I like it because it's the exact opposite of the plot from Goldfinger, where Goldfinger is going to taint all the world's gold and he'll he'll be the only one with any gold. Like there's this, we're going we're gonna to make too much gold. There's going to be so much gold, it's going to be meaningless. Right. So here's the problem with that that I had was, I mean, okay, sure. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Fine. But also... Your only thing is that you're really rich. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like that's your thing. That's your thing. So he's going to eliminate the concept of wealth, which, you know, I don't know. I don't really know what step two there is. When he, when he was explaining his plot, I was like, something about this doesn't quite add up. I was like, usually at this point, it's like, okay, gold will be meaningless, but I've got something else that will be meaningful. Yeah, so I'll I'll have all the diamonds. Diamonds will be the new currency, and I control all the world's diamonds. Yeah, no, no, no. There's no step two here. It's just, I'm going to fuck up the gold, guys. Yep. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, His butler can also do the Vulcan nerve pinch. I don't know if you caught that. I did catch that. Because there's like a running gag in this movie, which I enjoy, which is like Bruce Willis is always getting knocked unconscious. Like they, they drug his coffee and he gets hit with a dart and, you know, this, that, and the other. And at one point, they're just like they've run out of ways to knock him unconscious. So the butler just gives him a fucking straight up Vulcan nerve pinch. Yeah. And for the record, I said right at the beginning, I think this not getting his coffee thing is going to be a thing. I think yeah, that's. I think. I, I think I've just found the Hari Krishna joke for this. This whole movie. It is one hundred percent. And then, um, I also really and they like. They just never should have said it. Like, why did they have yeah. to say it at the end? You fucking ruined it again. You got to stop on the rhyme, John Ralphio. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I like the also in like things that haven't aged well is Danny Aiello's like giving him shit because oh, he prefers yeah. cappuccino to coffee. He's like, why do you drink those unmasculine coffees? Yeah. <laughs> Like, 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 imagine giving somebody a shit today because they drink cappuccino. Like, that's, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah, no. I mean, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. One of the things I've always felt about this movie is, especially, like, in the first half, I think, it almost feels like a sequel to a movie that doesn't exist. You know, like, there's this, mm. like, sense of, and I think it's part of it partially because of the way the movie starts, sort of you know like mid-action where it's like oh he's just getting out of prison and oh here's his partner and blah 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 and it kind of makes it feel like there was another hudson hawk movie about like how he got into prison you know um and like the restaurant that you know the five tone and like all of these stories yeah, and, oh yeah. and then the cia guy is the guy who put him in prison like like there's this sort of suggested history to all the characters it's like all the characters kind of know each other and have these like backstories um that like it makes it feel like like there, like this is part two, and there's just like part one is just missing. I just never seen it. But, and and, and um, yeah, but also that part one is better. Yeah, probably. Yes, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this feels like the like the, the silly se- over the top sequel. Yes. To like a, a, a really good heist movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know a really good, but like better. <laughs> but better. <laughs> but better than this shit. Yeah. Ugh. 
Well, look, I don't have a lot else on on Hudson Hawk. Like, obviously, I'm not entirely objective here. I, I still find this movie really, really fun. Um, I mean, it's also poorly constructed, but, yes. like, it, there's a version of this movie that works. Like, I could see someone, maybe not remaking this movie, but, like, you could, t- like, this this premise and this sort of, like, style of movie, like, feels very at home today. Like, way more so than in, in the 90s. Um, I, I, I feel like this could have been a early 2000s Joss Whedon movie. Sure. If he is the modern master of quips. Well, and I was actually thinking, it, it was actually, it actually struck me as something, the kind of thing I would expect to see from, like, like Seth Rogen. Like, like director Seth Rogen. Okay. Like, I feel like it would sort of fit with that, like, like a this is the end kind of uh like mid-budget kind of action adventure like i could see seth rogan making this with franco in the lead but yeah i mean look i i i have a lot of fun with this movie i i dig the weird live action cartoon vibe to it i think uh like keeping your expectations very low i think there could be i think you can have a lot of fun with this movie like i would love to program this movie like for like a midnight show or like a like a marathon like like a movie marathon like you know play it at like two in the morning like see how it goes like i feel like it could go over very well in that vibe you know yeah i i think it would have to be at like two three four in the morning when people are really really tired yeah and or totally wasted or both but but i was struck at how much of there how many one-liners and how many jokes just like really don't age well at all like i did not remember that part of it like, just how much of the comedy really falls flat well, to the modern ear, you know? So, here's here's the problem. And we, and we already talked about this. But, like, I feel like there's this, there's kind of... It's not an elephant in the room. But it's a sub-question that's always there is, for you, at what point do you introduce any of them to Amy? Right? Sure, yeah. And here's yeah. the problem with this is with this movie is... There is no time when you can introduce this to Amy until she's like 18. And by then, I actually disagree. None of that cartoon stuff. There's too no, there is too much weird sudden adult comedy in this. Yeah, but I feel like it's the kind of stuff that you could show it to like a 12-year-old and like that shit would just go over their head, you know? You can't. That, it'd be that thing It's not of, Shrek. It's with, not it, like Shrek. And the reason it's not is because they they say fuck all the time. That is true. No, no, no. They, you'd have to... You need like the TV edit version. You need the TBS version. Yes, Where they okay. dubbed over sure. all the swears, you know? Sure. Yeah, okay. Okay, fine. And where Butterfinger doesn't say, do you want me to rape him? Speaking of speaking of post dubs, actually, there's a really egregious post dub at the beginning. Oh God! Okay, well, where like where he's arguing with Tommy about like not wanting to do the to, to steal the horse statue, and he says like what the hell am I doing? But he's very clearly says what the fuck am I doing? Except that they, Bruce Willis has dubbed it over in post to say what the hell did they have too many fucks yeah it's a rated r movie so i don't know what the what like why they would cut one fuck out but like i bring it up mostly because bruce willis is the champion of odd post dubs for cursing Uh, he has the all-time greatest tv post dub for a swear word well sure can we do the honors uh at at the end of uh die hard 2 he says, instead of yippee ki motherfucker, he says, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. 
Which who the fuck is Mr. Falcon? Nobody. Nope. That's just a that's just some dumb shit they made up because they needed to try and match the movement of his mouth. Is that worse or better than Big Lebowski? Which is the Big Lebowski one? This is what happens, Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps. Like, <laughs> a stranger in the Alps. That one's really bad. <laughs> I really like that one. That's a that's a close call, man. I mean, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. I'm pretty sure I, at one point, had a yippee ki Mr. Falcon t-shirt. I don't know if I still have that I shirt. Can see I, you having, I can see you having that shirt. I, that's I absolutely shirt. owned that shirt at one point. Earlier, when you said that this whole movie is based on a song, yeah, <laughs> there, there is, a, there, there is one song that immediately popped into my head, and I'm a little shocked that this is what popped into my head when you said that. The opening theme from Mash, "Suicide is Painless." I was just like, <laughs> not that we should be joking about that, but like, damn, it's not good, man. So what you're saying is it does not hold. You're fifty-fifty on this movie. Yeah, no, you're saying like, you're saying it's fifty-fifty. I think it squeaks by. Fair enough, sir. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, going along with me down oh. this very ridiculous road. I, you know, I'm happy to do that. What are we going to watch next week, Bart? It's uh, it's your honor, sir. It is your honor, your honor. I have been waiting many, many years to force you to watch Grumpy Old Men. I love that movie. <laughs> and I know that you think it's total shit, but I love Grumpy Old Men. Both of them. They're great. I don't know if I've seen it all the way through. Fuck it. All right. No, fine. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's happening. It's all happening. We're watching Grumpy Old Men next week. Um, all right. It's with, with fucking Burgess Meredith. Watch it all the way through to the end because the whole credits is... Well, I'm not going to ruin it for you. It's you're telling great. me there's a post-credit, there's a Marvel post-credit scene at the no, end of Grumpy No, it's not post-credits. It's during the credits. During right, the, I'm into that. The credits is nothing but outtakes, and it's fantastic. It's all Burgess Meredith. It's amazing. <laughs> well, look, you know I love me some Burgess Meredith. Yes. So I'm into that. I will sit through 90 minutes of movie if there's three and a half <laughs> minutes of solid Burgess Meredith outtakes at the end. There, There, there is. All right, next week, Grumpy Brilliant. Old Men. I'm really excited. I haven't watched it in years, and I love that shit. All right. Well, I inflicted one of my favorites on you. It's time for uh, Turnabout is Fair Play. Revenge. It's time for you to inflict one of your favorites upon me. Grumpy old men, it shall be. You're not going to hate it. No. Nope. <laughs> it's a very low bar for me to clear, so I'm looking forward to tripping over it. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. All right. That's another week down. Uh, thank you guys for coming along on the journey. Uh, we had fun talking. I hope you had fun listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Weird choices abound.